Welcome to the Shiz Show with your hosts, Vader from Wish and NWO Machine and NWO Cat. This is your NWO Machine. I am solo today, uh, not solo Sokoa, but I am a solo and <laughs> I am. I'm not with my pal at Vader from Wish. Uh, we've been busy. We're, we're two busy guys, and we, we took on a podcast, and life gets in the way, and schedules sometimes just don't collide together as, you know, the mega powers would collide. Uh, sometimes we just, we just can't get her done. So it's me tonight, and I figured I would just start talking to you about, well, Raw. Well, I called it Raw Triple X, but we all know it's Raw 30. 30 years of Raw. Did you watch it? Did you? Did you like it? Um, let me give you some thoughts on, on wrestling lately. I haven't been in the wrestling scene. I haven't watched any AEW whatsoever. I, I just, it's not that I don't want to watch AEW. I just haven't had a chance to watch any AEW. And if you've heard the show before, well, Maybe that's a good thing because I, I never seem to have a lot of good things to say about AEW. I just, I still find it very Cirque du Soleil. I find the guys too small. I find a lot of them still green for some unknown reason. You'd think that the, the profession they're in, they wouldn't look so green, but a lot of them seem to be green. There's no secret. It's all over the internet. There's a lot of botched spots that go on with AEW, more so than WWE for some unknown reason. And again, I, I can't give you the answer to that, but it does seem to happen. Um, I know Tony Storm uh, has uh, joined forces. That's all I know. And if you follow the show, I love Tony Storm. But let's get back to World Wrestling Entertainment, the 30th anniversary show. Did you like it? I know I asked you that, but I'm going to ask you again if you liked it. I, I think my rating, I will save to the end of this little segment, but I can say this. I was pumped. I was absolutely stoked for the Hulkster coming out. I don't know why he needs Jimmy Hart. Maybe it's the political thing, but I'm not 100% sure why Hulk Hogan would need Jimmy Hart to Escort him out of anywhere. I know they've been buddies forever. They, that is. <laughs> if you heard that, that's NWO cat. Yeah, I hear you, buddy. I hear you. Here, you want to sniff the microphone? Yeah, all right. There we go. We'll see, he wants his little time in there. He's he, he is a Hulkamaniac. He's NWO for life. So he was hoping he'd come out in the black and white, but no. Anyway, the red and yellow. Uh, I I love the Hogan thing. I sometimes wonder if the pops are real or if they're piped in. I didn't see a, a lot of uh, fans going uh, too crazy for Hulkster. I think that's a political mistake because Hulk Hogan is the man. I, I will argue that forever. Hulk Hogan's the guy uh, without the Hulkster. And even today, on the I think the anniversary was today that Hulk Hogan defeated the Iron Sheik to win the Big Green at the time. But anyway, so... I, I liked Hogan coming out. I think that's the great way to start the show. Uh, the music sets the tone right away. I know people pop for that tune. 
real American, and I was good. I, it was short. It was sweet. I think they did the right thing with Hulkster coming out. Unfortunately, his mic was clipped a few times, and by the time they came and put a new mic in his hand, the segment was sort of done. But at least he's out there, and he looks good. I mean, come on, ladies. I'm X amount of years old, and I go to the gym. And I know people are going to say, yeah, but you're not taking your vitamins like Ulster did. But still, like he, the guy is in immaculate shape for his age and the amount of hip surgeries and back surgeries. And <laughs> I, I just can only hope that when I hit that age, if I make it to that age, that is, I guess, that I could look like uh, Hogan does. But I thought it was good. Uh, Hogan was a quick segment. And then, and then, yes, here we go. This. I, I just don't get it. There are so many things to do. In a 30th anniversary, you have 28 minutes. That's right. It's a three-hour show, and you fill 28 minutes of it with Roman Reigns and the Kangaroo Court. I just, I don't understand. I wish I knew. I really wish I knew does... The Reigns family bloodline have pictures of the McMahons nailing goats somewhere in a field of Connecticut because there's no reason you give them 28 minutes of your 30th anniversary show. It just makes absolutely no sense. It wasn't a, an exciting segment by any means. It's guys sitting down. It's them showing us clips of the past uh, of Sami Zayn. And... Yeah, I just, I don't get it. I just don't understand who, well, we know who, but why, why, why? It, it just, I don't know. It, it just slowed down the show. You got a huge pop with Hogan. Sure, you want the bloodline to come out. You get the pop. They sit down, and it's Roman Reigns clenching his teeth, winking like he's agitated, you know, he's blinking and fidgeting. and. And, and you get that segment, and we kind of knew eventually that it was going to come to this, and then we all figured that it would be Jay to step up to the plate and either team up with Sammy, which I'll get to, or, you know, step up and, and say, hey, Sammy is, you know, part of the bloodline. And, and, and I thought that was pretty cool. That ending was good. Jay, Jay saved them. Solo Sokoa. Still looks disgusted, which I don't even understand why he's there. I don't think he's. If you look at the wrestling of those guys, the solo is not the enforcer. Sorry, I just don't buy into him either. Uh, I would be happier him going back to NXT. I know that's probably not going to happen. I think he would. I think he excelled in NXT. I, I just think Solo Sokoa is in the shadows of these guys, and I think he just does better. I think he does way better. In NXT, he was wrestling. He wasn't this sidekick, which I think he's become the sidekick. And he was actually doing something. And now he's just kind of sitting there with a taped up thumb, which is supposedly the weapon of choice. But uh, anyway, that was my thought on that. So we got 28 minutes, 28 minutes of Roman Reigns and the kangaroo court and Heyman and the bloodline. And what do we get next? <laughs> the tag team. So, yeah, half an hour, half an hour of Samoan TV. Shift over to 
the tag team championship match with the Usos again. So we got 28 minutes of Usos, and then we're, we got another 20 minutes of Usos versus the uh, Judgment Day. And, we, well, I, this Dominic thing to me is ridiculous. Um, I know that uh, Damian Priest stepped in because of the Balor being injured, but still, now we get more Usos. 28 minutes, top of the hour, and then you get another 20 minutes of Usos again. Albeit, it was a decent match. I got to give him that. I think it was a pretty decent match uh, with Dominic and uh, and Priest. Uh, I, I thought the uh, knee injury, well, I mean, we saw the X from the ref come up, the two crossed arms, which signaled an injury. But I think you're probably on the same page I might be here, that this isn't uh, obviously a work to get Sammy involved. And I, I think it played out perfectly. Out of, out of anything, that certainly played out the way it should. I like the fact that uh, Sammy saved the day a couple times and Jay saved the day. And uh, I think the whole kicker here, the whole kicker was Sammy not only proved himself to be part of the bloodline in this, but if you watch right at the end of the match, uh, Sammy holds up the belts uh, with Jay, and they hold up the championship belts. And then Sammy hands both belts back to Jay. So if you're looking for another step in the right direction where they can stick up for Sammy, where he's not trying to be the tribal chief and not take over, he handed the belts back to Jay. He didn't carry them out. All four belts were on Jay's shoulder, signifying that Jimmy and Jay are still the champions. Sammy just went in there, proved himself to Roman Reigns. And if you watch the show, Roman wants nothing to do with Sammy until the Royal Rumble on Saturday. Predictions there? KO? I doubt it. I, I'm assuming there'll be some run-in somewhere down the line. Now that we've also seen Brock Lesnar come back, this could play into it again. Uh, obviously, you've heard. The Rock has stated he won't be at the next WrestleMania because he's not in shape for it. I find that hard to believe. I know ring shape is different than in shape, but if you've seen The Rock lately, uh, that guy is one dedicated man to the gym. And yeah, I would take him a. He wouldn't have to do much when you think about it. I mean, what's he going to do? I still don't understand why they'd want him against Roman Reigns, even if he won the championship. The Rock is not going to stick around. The guy is you know, a gazillionaire over and over again doing things where he doesn't have to take the punishment in the ring. I still don't think Rock Roman was a good idea to begin with, so I was kind of happy that the Rock stepped aside and kind of took the high road and said, I'm not really in wrestling shape, even though we'd all love to see him. And, yeah, he's, he's electrifying. The place would go absolutely haywire to see the Rock versus Reigns, but um, that we're not going to get that at WrestleMania. That could be for another episode where we talk about it. Uh, continuing on, <laughs> uh, of course, it's not a show from that era of attitude without the Godfather. And if you, see, if you didn't see him, the guy doesn't age. He absolutely does not age. Uh, he looked good all in blue. <laughs> he was... He looked like he could line up the hose again. And uh, it was quite a, a, a funny segment 
where Baron Corbin and JBL try to get into the club. And if you know the background of, of the Godfather, uh, Godfather was a bit of a, a tough guy back in the day and ran some of the clubs with the ladies dancing. So I think that was kind of interesting where, you know, at first like, we're led to believe that's the club that they're going into. And just if you didn't see the segment, it's just a door standing in the middle of a room. And uh, they walk through this door and, of course, it's a poker room. And all the legends are playing poker. But, uh, yeah, Godfather it was kind of nice to see uh, the Godfather in there. And they didn't make any mention, but we all know he's still pimping hoes nationwide. We all know that. L.A. Knight. This was a great, cute idea. Whoever had this idea, very, very smart. Uh, L.A. Knight in the ring who I think cuts an unbelievably great promo, by the way. Uh, there's nothing ever wrong with his promos. He, he's, he's so good, uh, and his wrestling backs it up, too. Some people might disagree, but I do love L.A. Knight, um, now that they got him back in the L.A. Knight character. But when he was out there, he called out a legend from the back, and all of a sudden, we hear the, the gong go for the Undertaker, and... You know what? I have to admit, I, I was I was sitting at home and I'm watching that, and I was in the chair with the NWO cat, and I popped for it. I did. I got I got goosebumps. It's just something magical about the Undertaker. And then the Undertaker music stops and it turns into American Badass, and it was really neat to see because they just kind of slowly rolled out the front tire, of the Harley. And uh, he appears on the ramp, and you know the crowd gives him his props, and he rolls down the ring, and the Harley going, and he goes around the ring, and it was just nice to see the American Badass come back for that. And this is why I really enjoyed that—that that they picked that version. They give us the pop of the Undertaker now. I think we all know Undertaker to us fans is the hat, the black coat, the the tie, the gloves, you know, the Undertaker, the rolled back eyes, tombstone pile driver. That Undertaker is us. I think American Badass was a, a great move by him to reinvent himself, obviously, and continue on in the WWE when the WWE really didn't have much going. Uh, for him, and he reinvented himself as this this badass version. But here's the cool part. To me, that that signified the Undertaker is dead for now. I, I like that they left that hat and coat Undertaker out, bring an American badass, and that's the legend that decides to challenge L.A. Knight. However, L.A. Knight decides to get out of the ring, chirp a little bit at Taker, and say, I heard you on Joe Rogan. You are talking about the back room being soft. And, <laughs> and I, I agree with you, he said. L.A. Knight said that. I, I agree with you. Back room is kind of soft. The boys, some of the boys are soft. And as he's backing away, the lantern comes on, and it's Bray Wyatt behind L.A. Knight. And L.A. Knight is now forced to back up back to the ring. So he's looking back and forth. Obviously, he gets in the ring at some point here. 
And Taker grabs him for the choke slam. The nice twist here was Undertaker doesn't have to do anything. We we all believe the Undertaker. He doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to really do anything. The choke slam obviously would have been really cool to see LA Knight get the Undertaker's choke slam. But at the same time, I really respected the fact Undertaker didn't do it. And to me, Undertaker is telling us as fans, he's done. He's not going to give the choke slam to LA Knight. He's done. And then he shoves LA Knight at Bray Wyatt, who proceeds to give LA Knight the sister Abigail. And you know what? I thought that was really cool. Uh, I thought that was really, really cool. And then the Undertaker slowly walks over to. Bray Wyatt whispers something in his ear, or so we're led to believe, and he he walks away. So I think that, and then Undertaker gets on the Harley and, and sort of rides out, gives the American badass, you know, a fist up before he, he leaves and sort of gives us the cold stare. But I, I would love to know if there was anything legit said to Bray Wyatt that. Undertaker's passing the character, and I and I'll use that in quotations, the character to Bray Wyatt. We I think a lot of people would agree with the fiend. That dark character to me could have been the next takeover that we believed like the Undertaker as the dead man. And if anything, I think Bray Wyatt could pull this off a hundred percent to to sort of be uh, for lack of a better term the next dead man in in the roster. I mean, he's got the Uncle Howdy, which I think is kind of cool. We obviously know that's his brother, Bo. And it's kind of leaning like Alexa Bliss is probably going to get back into that stable, which I, I think we've all talked about this before. You've read dirt sheets or heard it all over Twitter or wherever you may find your information that she liked working with Bray. She she liked the creativeness and, and that was her thing. So I, I think it's a it's a good uh, a good split off for Alexa Bliss. I'm kind of hoping that she does beat Bianca Belair to get that title, and that would be a good start to the uh, Bray stable to have a belt uh, championship belt with them, which would be Alexa Bliss, obviously. Do you have a face for a dark room? Do you have a face that should be permanently covered? Do people throw up and dry heave when they see you? Well, have we got a guy for you. This is the Dallas Cowboy Machine, the Pittsburgh Steeler Machine. And when we need our masks, who do we go to? The OC Marks Wrestling Masks. Science makes and sells pro wrestling masks for wrestlers, collectors, or just for fun. You can check them out on Facebook at Marks Wrestling Masks. That's Mark with a C, apostrophe S. I'm always kind of happy to see DX. Uh, except for the the little Klingon uh, X Pack, I just never bought into him. I don't understand his attitude, where he thinks he's some leader of this group, which uh, he, he just never was. I just don't think he's a charismatic kind of guy. Um, Triple H, Triple H looked Triple H esque, which, if you understand that, he still looks like he could get in the ring, but we all know why he doesn't now with the the heart issue. 
And uh, yeah, we wouldn't want to see anybody like that get hurt again. But it was sure nice to see him out there. And uh, uh, Road Dog, obviously, if you didn't see the segment, Road Dog, absolutely, he killed me. He absolutely killed me. And because he was, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Degeneration X proudly brings to you, you know, as tag team champions of the world. And he goes, the road dog, Jesse James. And, and then he looks and it's Kurt Angle standing in the ring. Well, they didn't realize that Kurt Angle sort of walked out with them. And very, very humorous, very funny where Kurt Angle takes off a shirt and says, I always wanted to be part of DX and he's wearing a DX shirt. And yeah, I think it was perfect. I, I thought it was a, a great bit. They obviously sort of mentioned, but didn't mention badass in, in a way. I thought that was kind of neat because we were all thinking he was going to say the badass Billy Gunn and he didn't, but we all knew. And if you watched AEW in the last little while, you know, he's badass as, has alluded to the suck it. I got two words for you. So it's you know it's a little back and forth. They're not afraid to throw that at each other. Little uh, interesting ways to get their names in with each other. Um, well, yeah, this was the other thing. That was the other magic with Kurt Angle. All of a sudden, they're interrupted by Imperium. So I thought that was quite interesting. That Imperium comes out and and Gunther went on about you know their respect to the business and I like what they're doing with with Gunther with that. To me, that's the right play. He's he's a serious German and he demands the respect for the belts and the business and he challenged them. He said, I doubt any of you or will any of you step up and challenge me tonight. <laughs> Everybody kind of took a step backward, and Triple H was like, uh, you know, he walked over to Gunther, and for a split second, split second, I think myself and 16,000 fans in Philadelphia wanted Triple H to pop him. But, again, would have been the wrong thing to do. The old guys maybe shouldn't be doing that. So Hunter kind of breaks character for a second and says, oh, no, I'm... I'm retired. I'm not doing that. And he, he looks at Michaels. And then Michaels kind of, you know, you think Michaels might give him the sweet chin music for a second. And Michaels backs down. And then all of a sudden, you know, they go to X-Pac and X-Pac has an excuse. Uh, Road Dog comes into play. And, and he says, no, not me. But the funniest part was, this is how I think the woke audience would be angry because Triple H kind of like if you hadn't seen the segment Road Dog is he's gained a lot of weight and uh, because he didn't fight Triple H said okay settle down Butterbean which means he's you know kind of a fat chubby guy but again those guys they all joke around with each other uh, I think the woke crowd would be calling that body shaming by now but I kind of laughed at it I was like that's just just dressing room talk and uh, so he backed off the uh, the road dog, and then they kind of looked into Kurt Angle, and we all know Kurt Angle's not going to get involved. So uh, out comes Seth Rollins, which was nice to see Seth Rollins come out and, and be part of this to fight Imperium, and then the Street Profits. 
uh, came out. And, and it, the funniest part of that segment to me was Triple H uh, sitting there and they're like, what are we going to do now? We need to make this official. What are we going to do now? This needs to be official. Shawn Michaels is chap chatting about that with how do we make this official? And Triple H, again, little inside joke, but it gives the fans something. Triple H says, what do you think this is easy to book? So, you know, give himself a little shot that yeah, booking is not easy. So Kurt Angle takes off his DX shirt, which reveals his USA referee shirt, and he becomes the special ref for for the match. And honestly, I think it was awesome. I think that match was so good. Gunther, when, we, when the guys were all joking around and trying to, you know, be silly for the crowd, you can see Gunther fighting the smile, and I love that because he's such a serious character. To see him try to not crack that smile in the ring, it was like when when Sami Zayn used the first time we used the term Usi, where the Usos were busting up, and there was a serious segment. Like I love seeing that because to me it signifies the guys are having fun, like they're having fun in the ring, and part of wrestling is obviously having fun in the ring. And the match was good. Uh, yeah, I, I can't complain. Even at some point in time, there was a couple of finishers throughout the match that were used for the old boys. Uh, the pedigree was used. Uh, Kurt at the angle slam was used. And Angle being the ref, he was jumping around all happy that they used this finisher. And I, think, I thought that was great. Good stuff. Um, I got a... A bit of, you know, Ric Flair. I, I I don't like Ric Flair for his personal life. I'm not a fan of Ric Flair, the way he treated people. Um, but I thought it was quite entertaining that the biggest ego that I've ever encountered in the business of Ric Flair introduces the most coddled ego in the business, his daughter. Uh, of course, she comes out the 14, I, I, think, she, I think it's 14 time surgeries facial surgeries plastic surgeries 14 facial or no oh sorry sorry my bad 14 titles now not 14 surgeries i think she's on 15 of those but anyway uh so he brought his daughter out and yeah bianca belair eh, whatever they had their segment um i'm gonna fast forward now because we're gonna wind this up here in our podcast here our shooting the shiznit and welcome to the Shiz Show. Uh, we're not in the machine shop, as I mentioned. Uh, Vader is uh, on a slight hiatus for this one. And I just decided to do this on my own with the help of NWO Cat. And because it was Raw 30, I figured make a little comeback with this podcast. So now I just want to get to the main event. Uh, main event that night was Austin Theory versus... Uh, Bobby Lashley, the Almighty. I, I this is why I really like this match. First of all, I love Austin Theory. Austin Theory, to me, is going to be a big part of their future. Austin Theory, to me, is WWE's version of MJF. MJF is that good where he is that Austin Theory could be the next, or WWE's version of MJF. He's the heel, he's young, he's got a good look, uh, opposed to MJF, who doesn't necessarily have that body, but Austin Theory is the bodybuilder. Uh, 
Now he's going against Bobby Lashley. They're trying to bring some respect back to these belts. I think they're doing it in the right way because Bobby Lashley, uh, he he definitely respects the belts, and he looks like he should be able to beat people up, much like Austin Theory. Austin Theory looks like he should be able to fight people and beat them up, you know. Whereas certain guys like Adam Cole, I could beat him up. Um, and don't even ask what Vader from Wish would do with him. He would tear him limb to limb, just like a a rack of ribs. But anyway, uh, match was good. Guys looked like wrestlers. They it was a it was a uh, no holds barred kind of match where everything goes doesn't matter. No disqualification. No DQs. Good way to good way to be. And yeah, Austin Theory he he got tossed through into the ropes first into this chair that he'd set up and I actually glad they showed the replay and it showed he took a shoulder because I didn't think he got his hands up to protect himself but he did get his shoulder in there um, and just before Lashley was probably going to win music hits and it's Lesnar yeah Beast Incarnate comes out and he F, uh, F5's Lashley and then he picks up Theory and he F5's theory on top of Lashley. The ref counts once again. Bobby Lashley's title chance has been ruined by Brock Lesnar. I think it was perfect timing to have those guys are all three monsters, they are big guys. And it was nice to see Brock Lesnar come out and uh, F5 and end that 30th anniversary. I, I do kind of wish. That they had other guys there, and uh, and some of the other female stars of the past. We had Alundra Blaze playing poker in the back. I would have liked to see some of the other females from the Diva era show up just to make an appearance. I mean, this is thirty years, but I guess when you got a three-hour show and forty-nine minutes of it is Roman Reigns, you can't fit a lot of legends back in there. So that would be my disappointment in the show was that forty. 49 minutes-ish of the Roman Reigns bloodline between the Usos and that opening segment where they definitely could have had some more, uh, you know, people come in and, and, and definitely made a cameo appearance. It would be, it's always nice to see some of the old guard back in there. And they appreciate it too. I know that Vader would probably be with me on this one, and, and Vader was just part of a 50-man battle royal, and it's a way to bring some of the old guard back in and I know Vader sure appreciated getting in the ring and and yeah he might have had to go over the top rope but you know what they make a living those guys and it's part of your life it would be like me when I was able to play with the NHL alumni and do some charity games and work with them it's just nice to get back on the ice or get back in the ring and and just do what you did for a living for a while again and, and it kind of makes you feel young so yeah, I wish they would have had, you know, 10 more former WWE superstars show up and, and say hello to the fans. But anyway, it was what it was. I said I would rate the show. Uh, you may agree. You may disagree with me. If it wasn't for the first hour pertaining to the bloodline, I probably would have rated the show a lot higher. But I am going to give this show, and I know I don't give good ratings lots, this is an eight and a half for me. This is definitely an eight and a half out of ten. Three hours to fill, and I think they did a pretty good job bringing the legends back. And the show was actually entertaining, which I hadn't seen for a long time, that it was that entertaining. So 
Hopefully you enjoyed some of my banter here today with myself. And uh, it's much like my sex life. I'm alone. Um, on that note, I will let you go. Uh, if you want to look for us on Twitter, it's at Vader from Wish. And I am at NWO underscore machine. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Shoes Show.